Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Just start locally. If you're trying to be a new wholesaler, which I assume a lot of listeners are, you know, start with your own community. Start with people you know. There's probably some little old lady who wants to sell her house and move back to Alabama. Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us, and he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, in addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with him to successfully close on deals. Uh, when we were starting out, Ashcroft was starting out, we had somewhat of a track record. But we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, he's brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there and we've built a relationship with him and Eastern Union Funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then he's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then he partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, we have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals and People who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience. And the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor, but don't have that track record quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've the deal you've got and assuming it checks out he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal so debt equity and potentially loan guarantors 
uh, all you need. Well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, but besides that, you know, the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com and his phone number 212-897-9875. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Pete Barrow. How you doing, Pete? Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Pete. He is the owner of Parrot Home Buyers. He buys homes anywhere in Indianapolis, takes pride in closing extremely fast, and you can say hi to him at his company website, parrotpropertymanagement.com. So with that being said, Pete, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure, Joe. I should start by saying I'm one of the owners. It's uh, myself and my two sons, Sam and Isaac. But our background is this. We all lived in the Maryland suburbs of D.C. I lived there for 35 years. And I was a cabinet maker, carpenter, handyman. And I always daydreamed about getting into rental properties back before it was cool even. But on the East Coast, the costs are very high. I'm sure everybody knows. My older son, Sam, always wanted to leave the area anyway. So he saved up his pennies. He quit his job and he just started driving around the country for a place he might like. I don't actually know anyone who ever did that, but uh, (laughs) he just drove to cities and spent some time there. And I thought it was kind of strange that he settled on Indy, but I came out here and saw it and really loved it too. It's affordable. The people are nice. My son is a tech guy, so he ran all the numbers and he said the economy is steady and reliable. Never boomed, it never busts. So he bought a beautiful little house out here for about a fifth what it would have cost in D.C. And then we bought another, a foreclosure, and then we bought another. And he's a web design guy, and he was building his own little company at the time. So he would just sit on the couch all day with his parrot on his shoulder and work building up his company. I started coming out here spending four or five months a year working on the houses. And then Sam's younger brother, Isaac, moved out here too. He'd been managing a family pizza place, and that turned out to be useful. Now, here's the good part. I was back in Maryland finishing up a job for a longtime customer, and she just spontaneously asked me if we could use some money for our rental business. I called Sam, and he found a package of 13 of these beautiful old Midwestern four-square duplexes in a nice upcoming area, and my old customer bought them, and we managed them and repaired them and shared the profit. So that was the beginning of Parrot, which started out as a property management company just for those properties. Now, we also found a package of four other duplexes at the same time, which my son resold and made 20 grand, which we all found astonishing. And then that's where we realized that wholesaling was a thing. So my son started working at building that up. Over the next year or so, my old customer started to realize that real estate is not as passive as everyone says. He wanted to take his profits, so we bought a bunch of those duplexes back from him. So they made a nice pile of money. We got 20 units in one bite, and we discovered wholesaling. So that was a pretty good year. And then what made it work was me just knowing these people forever and them having some trust in me and my son being very good at digging up off-market deals, and then my younger son being very good at management. And How are we you? just started – sorry, go ahead. 
I, I didn't mean to interrupt. Feel free to. No, I'll, I'll, I'll talk all day if you don't interrupt. So. <laughs> well, that, that's why. You better stop this thing. That's why you're a good interview guest. That's, that's great. <laughs> it's much easier to work with someone who can talk versus the opposite whenever it's an audio interview. How is your son finding these duplexes? Like, for example, the package of four where the profit was 20K. All those duplexes actually came from another wholesaler. And like I said, the, most of them we wound up buying, and four of them he resold. Things were a whole lot cheaper just a couple of years ago, so there was still room to buy from a wholesaler and then wholesale on to someone else. It's getting a little harder to dig up things like that. And speaking of getting harder to get deals like that, how are you all currently doing it since it is more challenging? We do the usual unimaginative stuff like send out postcards. I think we sent 100,000 postcards so far this year, not all to the same person, to different people. But we also go to meetups and we network and we just try to meet everybody. But we're also doing a lot more sort of boots on the ground stuff. Some of our best deals, in fact, I was sitting in a restaurant six months ago and I overheard some guy talking on the phone and it became obvious he was talking to a tenant who was trying to buy his house and the tenant was not coming through and he was getting frustrated. And I just went over and introduced myself and gave him a card. I didn't think we'd get the house. I thought he would be a guy who'd sell retail, but I just sat there and talked to him about real estate for like an hour and told him everything I could that I thought would help him. Well, I called up and sold us the house and we made like 20 grand on it. So that paid for my sandwich. Uh, <laughs> and <a> little... <laughs> since that happened, my sons expect me to do that every day. Yeah, it, every, every day at lunch, right? It's a $20,000 yeah. lunch. Mostly at lunch. I just want to sit there and eat my sandwich and not be bothered. But I, it is part of my role now to just go around and talk to people. And I'm doing quite a lot of that. I've made it a habit now. When I'm sitting in a restaurant, if it's at all possible to go over and introduce myself to the table of old guys that look like they might own houses and want to leave town, I'll go do that. And what do you do? Will you describe that scenario in detail for how you make that happen? Well, let's see. I was in a little grill the other day downtown, and there were these four old guys sitting talking, and they were all hilarious. And I forget what one of them said. Oh, one of them was talking about how he knew some people who dug a well on their property and something went wrong with the well. And after a while, I went over and I said, hey, I mean to be listening in, but we had a house that was fed by a spring when I was a kid. And at uh, one point, it started poisoning us all. <laughs> of course, when you get sick, you want to drink more water. So that didn't, took a while to figure out. took a while to figure out what was really wrong. But that was a way to start a conversation. And don't try this if you're not the type of person, but I like talking to people anyway. That's one of the nice things about this town. If you try to do this in some places, I think you're going to get rudely rebuffed. Mm -hmm. But in Indy, I've been astonished how easy it is just to go up to people and say, hey, how'd you get those azaleas to look so good? And they'll just stop and talk to you. Mm -hmm. And that makes this a whole lot easier. When you were in the restaurant having your $20,000 sandwich, what did you do to introduce yourself to the gentleman who you thought was talking to his tenant who was looking to buy the house but didn't end up doing it? I don't remember. I think I just went over and, and apologized up front. I, I'm sorry to eavesdrop, but this is a tiny little room. It was hard not to just hear that conversation. And we're landlords, too. And I don't remember how I eased okay. into it. 
but yeah. I, it must have been fairly slick. Yeah. So, uh. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> totally smooth operator. So it's you and your two sons, who does what again? Well, my job has been, because I was a carpenter forever, my job has been to fix up our new acquisitions and help maintain our old acquisitions. And that's not just me. We have a really good little crew of two who make it easy. But now I'm supposed to be transitioning into the public face of Parrot, which is going around bothering people in restaurants and going to meetups and stuff. Mm-hmm. My older son, Sam, is sort of the idea guy who kind of just paces the floor all the time and then wakes you up at two in the morning to tell you what he's figured out. <laughs> he's the one who kind of comes up with stuff. And he's also a technical wizard, and he's written a lot of software that we use to mine the data. I think he said some of that he's going to make available to the public. If people are interested, go on our website and inquire. But that's his role. And then my younger son, Isaac, who had management experience, he does the books, he shows the units, he does the leasing, he handles all the calls. And it's incredibly nice to have that in-house because nobody cares more about you getting a good tenant than you do. And once he took that over completely, problems with tenants just about completely ceased. So he's very good at keeping our stuff full and keeping good people in there and managing the problems. Anything in particular that he did that you're aware of that helped with quality residents? Let me mention also, he does all the wholesaling. He does every bit of that from going and looking at the houses, dealing with the sellers, dealing with the buyers. What did he do to get quality residents? He finds them on social media a lot, which I have no understanding of even what that is. I just know the word social media, and I'm supposed to say that. But he just screens them. It's not that hard now to find out everything a person ever did. You can do these skip trace reports. I don't know if that's what he does, but you can, for $10, you can get a 150-page printout that tells you every car someone ever drove, every right. phone number they ever had. and So he looks at rental history and income and especially evictions and felonies and stuff. With your role in the company, generating the leads as well as you used to be the primary point person for fixing them up and overseeing the team, what was a challenging project that you worked on? Well, we're in the middle of two of them right now, and they're just dragging on forever, which doesn't speak too well for me. We, we bought a hoarder house, which was, I can't say literally to the ceiling, because to me literally means literally, and it was a couple of feet short of the ceiling. But we found stuff in there that I wouldn't even ask my crew to touch. It was just too nasty to what was ask it? someone to do. Can I say on the air a bucket of a, a big plastic bin full of fermented urine? Okay. Actually, one of my crew had to help me carry that out. and sloshed all over our boots. But just food that had been in bags for three months and stuff. But the house was great. It was beautiful and solid. It was in a real promising a neighborhood that's already nice and that is coming up that sort of stylish people are moving into. Not super stylish, but just a really good solid house. And it's also it's a two bedroom with one floor and a full unfinished basement and a full unfinished attic. It's very easy to get into a house like that and totally redo the plumbing and wiring and just deal with all the problems and then not hear any maintenance calls. Most of the ones that we get to go in and go over like that we just get really almost no maintenance calls that's what i like Mm -hmm. we want to grow a much bigger portfolio we want to get to 100 houses 150 doors how many are you at now 
42 doors, I think. Okay. That hoarder house, how much did you buy it for? 11 grand. 11K. What are you putting into it? Well, my son was yelling at me about this the other day. I think we'll probably be into it for a total of 55 to 60 when we're done. Okay. Part of that is a new air conditioner, and we're going to have to tear the driveway up and do it. That's 10 grand right there. And then what's it going to sell for? Or are you holding on to it? Well, we're going to keep it. The stuff we redo is we redo for ourselves. Everything we buy and sell, we just immediately sell it. We're going to keep it. We could probably sell it for 75 to 80. So we didn't get a huge bargain on it. But what we've got now for less than market value, we've got a house that will need zero maintenance for many years. Mm-hmm. And you, the, you really it, can't buy that. Is the model... You wholesale houses, get chunks of cash, then take that cash and reinvest it into buying fix and hold properties? Something like that. It's all a little sloppier than that right now uh, (laughs) because we're too busy to really be that precise about what we're doing. But yes, we're getting money from the rentals. We're getting money from the wholesales. We're pulling it out to our, distributing it to ourselves and then putting it back into the process of acquiring and fixing up more stuff. And it seems to work. The stuff we want to get, I love getting these little places that are really in terrible shape and then go in and just basically start it. We don't strip them and you know we don't gut them, but being able to redo all the mechanicals, everything that moves in the house, every wire, every pipe, every light switch, every light fixture, every water faucet, everything that can go bad is uh, pretty much new and, and decent quality. So that's our model. You mentioned two projects. Maybe I missed it. That's you said the hoarder house. No, no, you didn't miss it. There's another one that we got that is in a wonderful spot. It's uh, worth a lot more than we paid for it, but it's in a floodway. Just the last three feet of the yard is in a floodway. And I can't really say it's been a problem because right now I'm, I'm at the stage not of doing anything about it, but of just dreading doing anything about it because I know I'm going to be spending a lot of time walking from one office to the other, making phone calls to try to get it straight that we can abate that by filling it in somehow. Also, it has no driveway, and right up in front of the house is a bike path. So people have told me, you can't do that. Other people have told me, yeah, you can, but you need to get an engineer and get a drainage plan. So I'm thinking between those two things, I'm going to spend 100 hours just walking from one office to the next. Now, maybe not. Bureaucracy is not as bad here as it is in a lot of places. You can go get your driver's license renewed in 10 minutes. It's a lot nicer here. Based on your experience, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Well, it would be a generality. First of all, what I said about this house I got at the restaurant, just start locally. If you're trying to be a new wholesaler, which I assume a lot of listeners are, you know, start with your own community. Start with people you know. There's probably some little old lady who wants to sell her house and move back to Alabama. That's the specific. But just in general, just be calm and don't get too excited. Don't go to these meetups where people stand up and pump their fists and scream financial freedom. It's just a business like any other, and you work really hard to get good at it. It's a lot of work and a lot of different little skills. What's a smart area to put work into and focus into if you're in your business? Not sure what you mean. Where do you spend time that is effective in your business? I guess that's kind of what I'm learning right now. I've been avoiding the business side and just doing the fix-up work. And my sons have been pleading with me to go out and develop the business. And what they say is, 
meeting people, going around and, and developing relationships with people. So, yeah, I would say it's a good way to spend time. And that could be anything from going to meetups where you'll meet mostly buyers to just walking around the streets and going in stores and dropping cards and might be where you'll find the sellers. That's the kind of thing I'm working on now. The last deal that you got under contract, how did you find that property? We do so much stuff. I don't know what the last deal we did was, <laughs> but, but the last deal we bought, we just got it from a postcard. That's not very exciting, I know, but we got it from postcards. Woman just wanted to get rid of it and move into a condo. We got a very good deal on it. Do you remember the numbers? We paid 20 for it. We don't go into the hot new area and buy stuff right in the center of it. We don't have the money to do that on a big scale. But both my sons have an encyclopedic knowledge of the city and all the areas. So we're finding stuff that's right on the fringe of those places, right in between two of them, or right in the path of where the good stuff is. And this fits that description perfectly. It's right on the fringe of a neighborhood called Irvington, which is very nice and very hip. You're buying it for 20 k How much are you putting into it? We're not going to put too much into this one right away because we've got too many other things in fix-up mode right now. We're probably going to spend eight or ten grand just getting it decently rentable. And, what's and then we'll for? just probably eight or nine. Wow. So we'll have 30 grand into it. <laughs> yeah, 900, yeah, that's pretty good. Bucks for $30,000 yeah. house. That's really good. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing. A lot of investors here, you know, pouring money in here from California, and they're just delighted that they can meet the 1% rule. We have a lot of places that are like that. The monthly rent is 3% of the total cost. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to find stuff like that. But if you're wholesaling, you're looking at hundreds of houses, you're maybe buying and selling 70 or 80 a year, then you keep one or two. The hoarder house, you're all in for 60 k What's it going to rent for? That one, we also think eight or 900. I think 900 might be a little high, but probably eight. Okay. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I don't know, Joe. I guess just let's find out. <laughs> we'll just throw ourselves into it <laughs> just, and see just what takes place. Put first, me to the test. <laughs> first, a quick word from our best ever partners. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing? Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. Are you looking to get started in multifamily investing or looking to grow your portfolio? Nathan Tabor has created an online course that is slammed with incredibly useful and practical information. Check it out at apartments.nathantabor.com. What's the best book you've read recently? I assume you want a business book. I don't eh, read a whatever, lot of any books. Book. Well, the best book that's even mildly relevant, I read a biography of Rockefeller. It's called Titan, which was terrific. What that guy did, and starting from less than nothing amazing. Not only what he did for himself, but what he did to build up the country. All those 19th century robber barons did wonderful things for all of us, not just for themselves. Best ever deal you've done that we have not talked about already? We've got a little place sort of out toward the suburbs, but not quite. You know, there's nothing to distinguish this house. I don't know why it worked out so well, but the guy was highly motivated. He was happy to get his 
20 grand and uh, somebody was delighted to buy it for 50 so everyone was happy so there's a $30,000 deal I don't have any million dollar deals to talk about what was his We're motivation fast I don't really know I think he was old and I think he had some kind of drug problem I'm not really sure what's a mistake you've made on a transaction a mistake probably the one I was telling you about the one that's in the floodway and the driveway problem. We're going to have a lot more money in that house than we should. It's probably still worth twice what we're going to have in it. So that's not a very bad mistake. I think there's one deal we actually lost money on and we lost like $500. So that counts as our worst deal. We just bought this little one bedroom double because it was cheap and we didn't stop to think about whether anyone else was going to want it. Mm. It was just cheap. So that was the early days. So $500 loss for your worst deal. And that's, Take that all it day long. It can be worse than that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> What's the yeah. best ever way you like to give back? I think the business itself is a way of giving back. We hire people. We buy stuff from people who want to sell it, and we sell it to people who want to buy it. And we provide nice places for tenants, and we put them in good shape, and we maintain them, and everyone gets along. So I don't know. I guess I should have something better than that. But maybe that's what I got from this Rockefeller book. He amassed billions of dollars, but... When he started his business, kerosene cost 58 cents. And by the time he got done, it cost 7 cents a gallon. And that was a huge blessing to a working person in an era when a working person made a dollar a day. So that's the thing about capitalism. If you're doing it right, you're not just getting some money. You're providing something people want. Best way the best ever listeners can get in touch with you? You can get a website at parrotpropertymanagement.com. You can call us at 317-202-1211. That'll get you directly to my son, Isaac. Thank you so much for being on the show and talking about your experiences, how you and your two sons have formed this company and roles, responsibilities, some challenging things that you've come across, having buckets of pee splashed on you at the hoarder house to <laughs> some better things where you have $20,000 sandwiches. So <laughs> certainly went from one end of the spectrum to another. Well, thank you for having me. You're a terrific interviewer. You make it easy. You might be the best ever interviewer. Oh, well, I appreciate that. And I am grateful that you're on the show and talking about, in addition to those extreme examples, talking about one lesson is that $500 loss. You bought it because it was cheap, and cheap doesn't mean necessarily good, plus the opportunity cost with your time. So there's probably more to the loss than that. But when you apply that lesson to future projects, then it's awesome because now you've saved time because you've learned that lesson. And that's why I love doing these interviews because now if a best ever listener is considering a super cheap house just because it's cheap doesn't necessarily mean it's a good opportunity and perhaps this story can save them from something similar. So thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day. We'll talk to you soon. Are you looking to get started in multifamily investing or looking to grow your portfolio? Nathan Tabor has created an online course that is slammed with incredibly useful and practical information. Check it out at apartments.nathantabor.com.